This is the Effective Engineering Manager podcast. In today's episode, Adam and Slava will discuss techniques around effective escalation. Welcome to the Effective Engineering Manager podcast. Hello, Slava. Welcome. It's your time today. What would you like to talk about? Today, I'd like to talk about how to escalate uh, issues effectively. We are going to share what the escalations are, the impact of escalating unskillfully, and how to escalate professionally and effectively. In the end, we will provide a checklist that our listeners can use to escalate effectively. Really good topic, and uh, certainly one that um, I know I've had experiences with, I think on both sides, um, and it's, it's so important because it can have such a dramatic effect um, both positively or negatively. So it's not done right. It can have a huge de- negative effect on a team um, and really demoralize people and break a lot of trust that could uh, that you've worked to build up. Um, and it creates a lot of it could create a lot of infighting and and people becoming siloed. So I think it's an absolutely important topic to discuss. Um, so let's talk a little bit about it. What exactly are escalations? Yes, and uh, so here we are going to cover one particular situation when we are having work issues uh, with our partners, particularly uh, struggling to get a help from a horizontal partner. And uh, this can be uh, cross-functional partners in different teams, or it can be a partner in the same team. And we are not talking about escalating production issues. That's a completely different topic. And uh, we're also not going to be covering uh, interpersonal issues. It's just really uh, work issues needing help from depending on someone and not getting that help. And what's important is that uh, we escalate and when we talk about escalations is that it it has to come to escalation only when all that other means to make it work with your partner were exhausted. It should be really the last resort. And uh, Escalation in generally in general means asking for help with the issue you have uh, from your superiors. Yeah, I think this is a really good definition, um, and and I like how you're separating out uh, escalations here from you know for when 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 you absolutely need to when it's absolutely the only course of action versus others because I think uh, a true escalation and not just a gripe or just some other you know political move that people make um which can which can really affect teams when you need to actually escalate and when it and when it has a purpose i think that's what's important here in doing it the right way so i think this is a good definition i think this covers uh, a really important uh, resource for our listeners so and i'd like to start with uh, uh not ex- ex- with the how to how to escalate uh, effectively and professionally but rather how not to escalate and uh, as usual, there are so many, you know, there are so many ways to do it wrong, and there is only one way to do it right. And uh, uh, I, w- I would like to cover at least some examples or provide a model for uh, how to how unskillful, unprofessional escalations uh, look like, so that we, we at least can know that we are doing it or someone else is doing it. So. Uh, and uh, my own experience, uh, I've, I've seen it so many times. Uh, it doesn't happen too often, but 
happened many times, is that unskillful, unprofessional escalations invariably produce really bad results. They rarely generate the outcome that someone who escalates unskillfully is looking for. Well, first of all, what I saw is that escalations were happening uh, or were tried to, uh, without trying to resolve it in a one-on-one -on -one, one -on -one conversation, right? So a person who is going to be escalated against may not even know that it's going to be happening, right? And may not even know the context or may, may not even know that there's a problem, right? So another one which I've so many times is that is escalating to their bosses or sometimes even escalating many, many levels up. And I've seen escalations when VPs were getting involved, SVPs getting involved, CEOs getting involved in the, and being you know, included into a, uh, an email with an escalation. And that, you know, the results are usually horrible. And, um, so, and uh, what happens when uh, escalations are done uh, unskillfully is uh, they're not going to bring results anyway. Uh, uh, people are, uh, people are going to get mad because uh, uh, you went over their head to their superiors or to the superiors of their superiors. And that generally means a very simple thing. Anyone from the top to bottom is going to be mad at the situation. They're not going to be looking for a way to resolve it. They're going to be just pushing it, you know, this, this stuff is going to roll down immediately. And the simple question is going to be asked, why the heck you guys are not keeping your stuff together? So uh, another negative uh, result of such unskillful escalations is if those are repeated, uh, it leads to spoiled, sometimes completely ruined to the point of no repair relationships, work relationships and personal relationships. It leads to uh, are grudges to be developed uh, and uh, on the level when individuals or teams develop, the, uh, develop this uh, um, halo when the rest of the work thinks that uh, they're consistently throwing other teams under the bus. And if this continues unmitigated and unmanaged uh, over time, it can even lead to uh, deterioration of their organization's ability to deliver on the basic uh, obligations. It can lead to political wars and destructions of organizations, just approaching it unskillfully. Yeah, I think with regards to the grudges, I think that's a really important thing to key into because I have seen this happen where one person, you know, escalates and then develops this grudge with another team. And it could be a cross-functional team. It could be whatever else, right? And okay, so you have that. But what happens is it's a domino effect because now everybody on each of those teams becomes polarized. It's like one team against another. And then that keeps that grudge going. And then over time, the people who started the grudge may leave. They may move on to other companies and different projects, different teams, et cetera, right? But the team still has this culture of, oh, we never liked that other team over there. Right. And so as especially in an engineering organization where you're going to have a lot of turnover and, you know, you have a lot of new people coming in regularly. The first thing somebody sees when they join a team is like, oh, wow, there's animosity because there's animosity from this other team. And, and we're just perpetuating that. So think back to the, the impetus of all this. 
say, oh, I'm going to, I need to, I'm going to escalate. I'm going to send this to so-and-so's manager. You don't realize it's not just about you in that moment. It's about you're setting a precedent that is going to have impact for a long, potentially for a long time after that. It could be years. And you're creating a culture of animosity. It's not about a single incident. It's not about a single grudge. It's a culture of animosity that persists. And I can't tell you how many times I've, see, I've come into organizations I've joined or you know, other parts of an organization I've been part of, and you can kind of feel right away that there's this, this culture of animosity. It may not necessarily be against your team, but you're seeing something there. And if it's there with one team, there's, there's certainly um, an opportunity for, to, to, to them to repeat that against other teams and, and build this, this real like negative silo around themselves. So I think what you bring up here is an extremely important point and, and how to escalate right in the first place could, could change that for a long period of time. So it has dramatic effects. So Slava, how do we escalate professionally in a way that, that brings positive, meaningful results? Good question. And uh, uh, first uh, and the most important thing is that you really have to escalate only you don't, if you don't have any other option and all other options were exhausted. Number one. And number two, if the matter that you would like to escalate has a material negative impact on what you are doing, what your team is delivering, or it has an impact on the customer or on the company, right? So if it's uh, largely emotional content and you're just unhappy about something, uh, it's a good sign that you need to cool down, you know, sleep on it, sleep more, then, you know, then uh, uh, take next, ste next steps. And uh, the next steps are about professional escalation. And by the way, uh, if, uh, if you realize that uh, escalation is the last resort, oftentimes or sometimes it's possible to move things around to accommodate the lack of help you need. Right? If, if it's a small thing and you just you know, maybe move, move your schedule a bit and that's all, all needs to be done, maybe you don't even need to escalate. Essentially, just really, really it's really have to have a material impact on the, on the deliverables, the company and the customer. So what is the correct uh, first step? And the, the, the correct first step in the, uh, escal this escalation model, I call it a Christmas tree escalation model because it looks like a Christmas tree, is to start with a one-on-one. -on -one. Set up a one-on-one, -on -one, uh, prepare, you know, cool down if you feel stressed or, you know, excited, don't do it. Uh, let yourself to, to chill, to relax, and then, you know, have that professional conversation. Set up a face-to-face one-on-one. These days, it's, there's a good chance it's going to be a remote one-on-one -on -one or uh, a teleconference. And then ask for help. Don't uh, accuse them of missing, you know, not providing you help. Don't, 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 don't accuse them. Just ask for help. And uh, usually you can preface the conversation with a statement uh, that goes something like, I need your help with something. And then you describe, hey, uh, my project depends on uh, a few action items on your side. Uh, do folks think you can help me with that? Uh, even if, you, if yes, what would be the reasonable timeline? Right? So you need to describe uh, how getting what you need from your partner will help you, the project, the team, the customer, the company. So they need to understand what is being asked for and why it's being asked for. And they need to understand it's not about just you wanting something. It's it's actually something that materially impacts uh, what we as an, as an integrated team do.
right? And you can ask if they could prioritize and uh, what's the reasonable timeline uh, and listen, you know, understand their point of view, understand, you know, what, what is going on, understand their response. And uh, if you get a yes or if you get, hey, I need to think about it, it's great because it's a you know, step forward and you can continue the conversation, whatever the timeline is. Now, uh, what, what do you do if you get a no? And there, there are many reasons to get a no, right? People are busy, they're overloaded. Sometimes they don't want to help, who knows, right? But you need to be aware of the message you receive throughout this conversation, right? Listen, listen, don't prejudge. Enter, enter this conversation with an open mind. Now, if you, if you do get a no, do, uh, do repeat the impact of not getting the help that uh, 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 you're looking for on your deliverables, on the team, on the company, on the customer. And then, uh, uh, send, then say that, hey, I, I don't understand that you cannot help. And then, then you need to say that, uh, that you are sorry that it's, gonna, it's, it's gotten to this stage, but because of the impact of or negative impact on the deliverables, uh, that you will have to escalate to your boss. And that, uh, so that your boss can work through this issue on their level. And uh, this has to be said uh, so that they understand that you are not pushing it through, you know, the ch their chain of command or even higher, you know, and then everyone is going to get met. They need to be, uh, they need to have a clear understanding that they are going to be working with your boss, right? And then uh, in the end of the meeting, you need to, you really have to uh, thank them for finding time to talk to you. And once this is meeting, this one-on-one -on -one meeting is over, uh, uh, you have to send a, a brief email just with a brief summary that you, you guys met, that you presented uh, the need for help, the, impact, the negative impact on uh, the deliverables, and that uh, you, you do understand that your counterpart doesn't seem to be able to help. And I think the wording it doesn't seem to be able to help is important because even we often think that we understood what was said, but it's oftentimes a perception, right? So be, be unsure in your communication, okay? Don't say you did, I did, right? Um, and then I say that, hey, uh, uh, it's, it's kind of you, that you're sorry, that, but you'll have to work with your boss. Don't even, you may not even have to say escalate. You may say, I'm going to have to work with my boss to resolve this. And that you're hoping that this thing is going to get resolved. And that's basically the uh, uh, escalation model. I think that's, uh, you break this down very well. Um, the one point that I think is so key here is when you're, you know, you're giving the person an opportunity. So the one-on-one -on -one is a polite, professional way to have a discussion. But you're giving that person an opportunity to say, no, I can't help, right? You're giving them an opportunity to say, I can't change this, I can't do this. Maybe they don't want to. Whatever the situation is, you're giving them the opportunity and you're being very clear that, okay, I'm going to escalate not because, you know, you're being obstinate about something, but because I am responsible for X and my, my boss and my chain of command has, has the ability and responsibility of ownership to be able to make a change that may help us here. And so you're completely divorcing yourself from the personal issues, 
right, that might be assumed, right? Because when you send in a letter of escalation without any context and discussion, first thing people are going to think is it's a personal attack, right? Or people are going to feel hurt by it. But this takes that out of the equation. And I think more importantly, it takes away the this, this kind of persisted animosity between two people or between two teams, right? I I've had situations where people escalated you know, to me, and I haven't known about it, you feel horrible. Like, why is this person doing this? What's going on here? And you think it's personal and you think it's the worst thing. I've also had situations like this where someone has come to me and said, listen, um, I need your help with this. Just like you say, um, you know, can you help with this? I say, I'm not in a position to do that. And I'm not, I'm also not direct, uh, I'm not able to make that decision because I would, you know, my, my boss wouldn't like that, et cetera. So I'm going to defer to my boss and, you know, and, and, um, and then that person says, okay, I'm going to, I'll have my boss, you know, escalate and, and take it through that chain of command. And then it's, there, there it just completely diffuses the possible situation of being really animus. And so that I think is a really key thing. Just that alone, giving that person an opportunity, having that discussion, but then also stating, hey, I'm going to escalate this because, and, and I'm going to allow my boss to make that decision because he or she is in a better position to do that than we are right here. Perfectly understandable. Um, and it's, by the way, this is the same thing on the positive side too. Uh, when somebody on your team comes to you and says, you know, this other team, I can't seem to really get them to do work for us. So they come to me and say, okay, well, I'm in a position where I can, I have a relationship with their manager and I can talk to them and I can get things done. So when you have a good relationship, you can actually affect things downstream in the same kind of manner that you would need to escalate in this type of situation. So I think this model is really good and, and I think it's a really healthy model. Yep. Yep. Uh, good stuff. So what's next? Uh, so you communicated, you know, they're on the same page, it's all, pro all professional, uh, uh, devoid of any emotional content. So the next step in this model is to, uh, reach out to your boss as, uh, as planned. And uh, you have to start with a face-to-face one-on-one or again, remote face-to-face. -face. But it, it is super important to, to do it uh, over one-on-one. Uh, -on -one. Do not use email or Slack or Teams what, or whatever the messaging system you are using, right? It's super critical to have a one-on-one -on -one with your boss because if you start with an email, the moment you send the email, the control over your message is gone, right? And your boss may, may misunderstand, they may, may be having a bad day, uh, they may miss it, they may, there's lots of things might, might happen that can take this, uh, the model in the wrong direction. So fun fundamentally, the next step is to uh, schedule a one-on-one -on -one with your boss, explain the situation, uh, the, the, the need for help, the impact on deliverables, the negative impact on deliverables, on the company, on the customer, on the team. Describe uh, what you have done to make things work, how you reached out, set up one-on-ones, asked for help, explain the same thing, and, it, and they're, they're still not supporting it, right? And then you have to clearly ask your boss to help on their level. And it's really, it really sounds like this. Hey, boss, can you help me with this on your level, right? And then you're going to get yes, and then, you know, they're going to help. And if you're going to get no, then it's a no too. And then the issue, you know, may even die before it's, before it's started. So 
once you've gotten a yes, uh, you uh, you send you send a follow, you need to send a follow up email to your boss with exact, exactly the same things we just talked about, the the situation, the impact, the what you have done to make it work, and that uh, you're asking your boss to to help on on their level, right? And I, I it's important to mention in your communications on their level because if it ever somehow graduates to your boss reaching down into the partner org and i i i, I maybe saw it only once because they think they would try to make other teams teams better uh if they're not ex very experienced uh, managers uh, it's unlikely but at least if it if it does happen you ha you have a clear statement of resolve it on your level right and you may you might even ask hey can you work with your counterpart on this that would help a lot, right? Uh, mentioning their counterpart could be even a stronger uh, message uh, indicating that you're requesting to work on, on horizontally on their level. And that's a sort of a thought, a second step. There's a third one, but I, I'm curious what you think about this one. Yeah, I agree. Um, I think, you know, I think having this level of consistency with how you speak to laterals or people below you or whoever is escalating or you need to escalate with, and having that same consistency in how you approach communications with your boss for the matter, I think is really important. I think that really lends to your professionalism. People will can can see the consistency. You know, if you have a boss who's very aware, they'll see that, oh wow, you took the time to have this one-on-one -on -one with this other person. You're presenting the same to me in a similar context and giving me an opportunity to respond and giving me the digest. I think that's really professional. And I think professionalism and, and consistency, you know, are two of the key things that I think any manager looks for in in their directs and especially when building trust and and whether it's a legitimate thing that that person is coming up with. Right. How many times have we had people on our team come to us and try to escalate? And and it's just because, you know, they're griping about something. So sometimes you let them gripe. Sometimes you put the kibosh to it. Sometimes, you know, whatever. But. Um, the difference between that and somebody between a situation that was done very professionally, very well thought through and executed and very consistent, I think speaks, uh, usually speaks volume. So great second point. What do you have as your third point here? So, yes. So at this point, we made all the effort to resolve whatever the issues are. We have uh, horizontally, professionally, didn't work out and uh, we escalated to our boss. So in the last step, even, uh, even though formally the escalation or as an event or as an action item occurred, it's still on you to make things work. And at this point, uh, what you owe to yourself and to your boss is to start pinging them regularly on the progress of your request for help. Uh, it really depends on what, what the timeline of the issue, if it's something, you know, three months out, you can ping your boss you know, once every two weeks, and if this is something that requires next day outcome, you might be uh, pinging your boss, or, you know, once a day, right? But you need to reach out to your boss, you know, whatever the reasonable amount of time you feel, and just ask, hey, boss, I just wanted to check in. Uh, how's the thing going about, uh, you know, my request for help with that, with that, uh, with that thing, right? Just very lightweight. Uh, uh, and now, the, I mean, where the escalation goes, what if your boss just continues to drag their feet and nothing happens? 
Well, this on its own may be indicating that your escalation basically stalled or died and nothing is going to happen. Then you might, you might end up dropping it and uh, working, work, working around it. Do not push your boss too hard, right? Because otherwise you may end up with, you know, unintended consequences. Um, so so uh, that's basically, this concludes the escalation model as, as, as it is. Uh, a personal relationship, one-on-one -on -one communication, escalation to a boss and tracking the progress until it's the, there's a result or, you know, you receive a direct or indirect indication that it's not going anywhere, right? Now, that's the, that's the model. But what's also important is what is that you do as a boss? It's sort of like a, you know, snake eating its own tail. It's recursive, right? Because you, you are going to be escalated into as a manager, your direct reports who are following this model will be escalating to you. And this model repeats itself, right? So uh, let's say you direct escalated something to you uh, and you apply this uh, Christmas tree escalation model, right? You, you work it, first you try to work it out horizontally. You reach out to your counterpart, uh, describe the situation, describe the need for help, describe the impact of uh, not receiving that help uh, and ask them if they can help on their level to, to make it work, right? And if, if it doesn't work, the thing repeats, right? Uh, you, know, you, you know, you say, hey, I'll, I'll have to push it up. Uh, uh, I really don't want to do it, but it's, it's important. And uh, it's really just a professional thing, you know, uh, and we just, I just need to uh, escalate. And then you escalate to your boss. And hopefully that model continues. And that's, hopefully it's not going to get to the, uh, the top dog. But if it does, well, uh, it is what it is. Yeah, I think, again, really, really important points. Um, I think it's important to, to recognize there is a sequence here that should be followed. Um, and, 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 and respecting that sequence is, is good. One other thing I would add to this is your boss is only going to be motivated to act if it's, in, if it's serving their interest in some way, right? I'm not talking about personal interests or anything like that. I'm talking if they see that it's a legitimate issue that is going to affect the ability of their organization to be productive or not, right? That is going to be their barometer. Um, they may still listen to you. They may still agree with you. But getting them to act and prioritize it is really going to be driven by the impact of the organization, right? I've had plenty of situations where I've raised things to my boss. They've totally agreed about it, um, but they sat on it because while it was important, it may not be the right priority for now. And maybe there's other fires going on, which they, they need to be attentive to, or they're waiting for those to calm down before dealing with this, right? So your boss always has more information than you do, and you need to respect that. Um, on the flip side, if your boss does jump on it, right, then you know it's, it's obviously something really legitimate, and they, they believe that it's a problem. But they are also only going to go so far with it as well. They are going to probably, they may even have a, a meeting with their counterpart. They may even get the team together. But they are basically just going to calibrate, right? They're just going to use this number to say, hey, guys, this is what we need to do. Here's the decision, you know, et cetera. Then it's back on you again to, to not only track that, but to make sure it's implemented. Your boss is never going to come to you and say, Slava, 
I agree with you. Here's the action. Go do it. And, and you know, track on it. He's going to, he or she is going to come in there and provide the assistance that you're asking for. If they're a good manager and they're working very efficiently, they're not going to get, you know, they're not going to get too deep in this situation, right? They're going to come in, they'll make a decision, they'll, they'll do what they need to do to interface, but it's going to be up to you to drive it. And it's going to be up to you and your counterpart at your level to make it work, period. And you're going to be measured on how well you make that work, right? So going back to your step one, setting up that one-on-one and building those good relationships, that's going to come back to you as a very important thing because if you've already soured that relationship, you're, it's going to be very hard once you get the answer that you want from your boss to make that happen, right? And then what's going to happen is your boss is going to see that, oh, you know, you're not able to drive this to completion or if there's still issues there and, and you know, they're going to – I'm not saying they necessarily would question your ability but certainly they're going to – the next time you bring an issue up, they may not be as, as ready to jump on it. And so I think that's why these set of steps are so critical because you're putting yourself in the best position for the moment and for the future. So Slava, with that, what else do you think we need to do to make escalations work effectively? Yes. Uh, well, first, uh, good thoughts on, on one-on-ones and uh, building relationships. And uh, if you have strong uh, uh, relationships already, uh, you may never have to escalate. Uh, people will be helpful just because you guys owe it to each other. So, uh, what we can make it work? Uh, what we can do to make it work is to train your team on the effective escalations, just like we described. Uh, and you need to train and make sure that the entire team got trained, not just your direct reports. And I've tried before. I, I've tried to. Uh, to ask to cascade the training and uh, it gets implemented maybe 10% of times. I think an important thing such as cross-functional collaboration, which is what this is about, doing a full-blown uh, all-hands training and maybe a most effective, most effective way of doing it. And the second on top of training is to make uh, training on the escalation, on effective escalations, uh, a part of the onboarding process. Don't assume that they know what they're doing, just uh, give them the training from get-go because there is always a danger that you hired someone, they, they, they seem to be great, and yet there are gaps in uh, the way they, they work acro- across the teams. So just uh, do, you know, uh, blindly apply the training and, uh, you know, be, be happy later. Slava, so one question here. What do we do if we do the right thing, but other teams don't, and they're not mature enough or capable to understand how to effectively escalate? Yeah, it's a good question, and uh, uh, there's a good chance it's going to happen because not everyone practices uh, effective management, effective engineering management, uh, and uh, sometimes people just don't want to do it, or maybe they just set up the way it is. Uh, It doesn't necessarily have to be malicious, but... uh, um, Lack of uh, lack of uh, skill uh, will always be there, and uh, if other teams uh, escalate uh, across uh, over your head to superior to your superiors, over your superiors, you know m- many levels up, and it ends up in a um, in a in a heartache for everyone concerned. Um, 
I suggest to take the high road, continue to practice the effective escalations, uh, behave professionally and perform professionally. And uh, if you feel strong about it or if it hurts the team materially, you can escalate and ask unskillful escalations as well on your level. You can go to, you can ask uh, uh, your, for help from your counterpart, just like uh, apply the same escalation model to unskillful, uh, unskillful escalations, right? Uh, you know, reach out to them, describe uh, the effective escalation model you are practicing, describe the benefits of uh, working it out horizontally first and then using their chain of command and not yours, and uh, ask for help, ask if they would like to practice the same, and then same, same applies with, with a variation. If that doesn't work or if that approach doesn't take, uh, do go to your, you can go to your boss. I'm not saying that you should, but you can go to your boss. You can follow this model almost to the letter with the one exception. Go to a boss, describe the situation to a boss, describe what you have done to make it work uh, between you and your partner. And, but do tell your boss that this is for their information only and that no, no action is needed. Uh, and uh, do not ask for help on their level because that would be asking to change managerial behaviors of other teams that are outside of their ability to influence things. And uh, it's really a bad idea trying to change other, thing, uh, other teams, right? This is basically in, uh, to inform them that this is happening, that you are working on it or trying to work through it, but uh, be very clear that you are not, ask, not asking them to act on it. Thank you, Slava. Really good deep dive on to effective escalation. So to wrap up, can you give our listeners a checklist for escalating work issues professionally and effectively? Uh, yes, uh, here's the checklist. Uh, this is how you apply the effective escalation model. Uh, first, uh, try to resolve the issue horizontally with your counterpart without involving superiors. If that didn't work, escalate to your boss only and ask for help. And third, uh, keep checking on the progress with your boss. Thank you, Slava. This is great stuff. Always. And uh, more good stuff is coming. I encourage our listeners to share uh, their feedback and suggestions on more topics. And uh, we can be found on the web on effectiveem.com. And our email is contact at effectiveem.com.